You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Oh. Lisa back with the Bombad Generals. Hey, we got a great episode here with Matt, the co-host, and also a very special guest, Johnny Keith. Karma55 mm-hmm. also in the Discord. How are you, fellas? I'm doing great. Thanks for letting me join. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, you know, even though we talked about trying to find a third co-host a while back, you know, don't <laughs> let that get in your head here, Johnny. You know, don't feel the pressure of the audition or whatnot. Uh, this isn't an interview. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we we just ha- we haven't had people on for a while, and we were getting restless. People, I think I think people are sick of hearing our voices too. So, very happy you could we could have Matt's. you on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. As I talk over Seth incessantly, and he just has to sit there, and he he gets to edit though. So honestly, I don't know. He could do anything he wants in the edit. I don't re-listen to the podcast, so he could make me sound like a complete more of a complete idiot than I am and get his revenge um but this is actually providential in a way because the first thing we were going to talk about is payload and johnny and i played the other other day in preparation for lvo um we did not play payload but i saw you had payload in your deck which is good that we're getting a a payload person here because i don't think i've included it in my deck since it got changed way back at CRB, I guess, was when it changed, basically. Yeah, yeah a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I I have not been scared of the payload uh, changes and just kind of leaned into everybody else being scared about it. And for the mm-hmm. most part, it's been pretty successful. I've, I've had a couple people make mistakes turn zero with it. So, yeah, kind of excited to talk about it. Yeah, let's let's dive right in. Payload. Um, I don't know if we want to put it on screen or not. I can I can try, but just the summary. Basically, before deployment, uh, each person is going to put a bomb cart down inside their deployment zone, and then it, the opponent of that person picks a piece of train that is not fully within a deployment zone, and the you score points based on how close the cart gets to that uh, piece of train at the end of the game. So key positions, the piece of train cannot be inside the deployment zone at all. Payload, as long as like a millimeter is sticking out of the deployment zone, it is legal. Um, and the starting with the blue player is how it starts. So there's a lot of control for the red player here actually too with whether they want the cards to cross, where they kind of want the cards to cross, based on which piece of terrain they uh, they pick. So I guess, yeah. Johnny, what, what sort of mistakes, maybe that's a good place to start, were people making turn zero with payload? Um, most of it with the new rules was just if there's a, a wall in the way Hello? or a building or something where you have to snake around it quite a bit more than what you would have done before where you just hop right over something. Um, so it's just not looking at the the actual travel distance of the payload. Um, people, people have been making mistakes with that. And mm-hmm. then just in deployment, when you're picking sides, um, 
there can be some pretty big swings in where that objective is headed. So if there's a piece of terrain that is not, uh, it, it, you know, there's not one far away, uh, that can make it a lot more difficult for whoever happened to mm-hmm. choose that side of the board. Yeah, it's one of those ones, too, where it's not only the table edge, but each deployment can have a lot of variability depending on where the deployment zone is, what terrain is a legal choice and what isn't. And I think other than the rules changes, so I guess for for those unaware, the big change that happened in CRB, which people like me, cowards, are scared of, is uh, you can't basically have infinite jump anymore. You're limited to basically the height of a barricade, the height of the the handlebars on the cart, uh, which is not very high. Uh, which is even even losing one turn is is rough for scoring. But that's that's the main thing. But the other thing that scares me is, well, red player gets to choose kind of where the carts cross, in a sense, because they have the last pick. They get to have last ban. So if they know we're playing payload, they can ban into a um deployment that was also kind of advantageous in terms of maybe they have a shorter route or whatnot or it avoids stuff and they got to pick table side in the first place knowing payload was in the deck which just makes me i don't know that 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 makes me nervous but for the most part it, it hasn't it hasn't burned you it sounds like it's burned opponents yeah, it's burned opponents more than it's burned me. I've, I've lost games playing it, but it's mostly where the games are are even and something hasn't swung my way, it's swung the other way. Um, and it usually comes down to you know, a close measurement here or there or just one unit getting lost at the wrong time um, is a lot of time what happens. Uh, with, with Payload, you end up in a scrum a lot of the times or you end up toilet bowling a lot of the times and you kind of have to figure out what type of game it's going to be right away um you might have one or two turns to sort of figure out you move your payload for free and then after that becomes a real decision of am i going to continue pushing my payload or do i just sit back and try to win on victory points and kill points that is payload is one of those weird games where you you can just Ah, what am I trying to say? Where where the 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 outcome can be pretty predetermined, and it can be impossible for one person to win if you don't push your card enough. But at the same time, yeah, as you see, you don't have to push your card if you know you can stop your opponent's card um, and just play. And then it becomes like VAPs, like hostage, in a sense where you're playing for kill points. Which listen to our last episode. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, was, I, was I think some of the risks, like in that, <laughs> go, go for it, go for it, Johnny. Oh, I was just gonna say it was a lot like sabotage too. That was a, a point I was gonna make. So I think mm-hmm. I agree with Matt on that point. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting because you have to be really aggressive if you go to kill points because and normally like unlike VAPs where it's like your army's kind of split between two VAPs or your opponent's army. It's like that, like payload. It's like their army's kind of all around the payload most of the time. So it's, I think it's a little bit harder to take risks on payload than it is on VAPs um, in some, in most scenarios for me. Mm -hmm. But also they're going to make themselves a bit more vulnerable potentially. If your opponent is trying to push it, then it, 
by nature of how the objective works, they're probably going to get a bit closer to you um, than they would in in VAPs, just tapping their own VAPs. Now, what about what makes you take play? Uh, what makes you take payload, Johnny? What about your list? You know the kind of units you have that make you say, "Oh yeah, payload's a good choice." Yeah, um, I think usually if there's vehicles in my in my list, I tend to like to take it just because it's one that vehicles can actually um, uh, influence the the payload moving. Um, I like to take it in lists where I'm okay with moving my army um, or having somebody. It's more, I guess, it's a good defense against armies that just like to sit there, generate tokens, and shoot at you. Um, and if somebody else has to move a lot, they're they're sort of wasting their actions that they they tend to like to you know use um like something like kp or intercept where i'm just going to stand here until i need to score this one it actually makes them make a decision on whether they need to to actually push their payload and um either split up their army or or just kind of waste some actions moving down the board how often would you say you're using those vehicles to um attack the opposing payload because i think that's one of the good things about bikes you know i think blizzard was using a lot of payload Mm-hmm. Eh, well, maybe it wasn't, but you know those kind of bike lists before the change, at least. I don't know, Seth. Were you, you rocking payload before the the CRB change? No, I wasn't rocking payload, but I'm okay with paying, playing payload mm-hmm. if I have bikes because of that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I remember a game where um, when the payloads clashed, I was keeping my bikes reserved like for three turns. And then as soon as they clash, my bikes went in, and then like I then like won on attrition, and like I stopped the payload while continuing um, my payload because like my bikes got into the um, the fight, and that's like three activations right there on both sides because their bases are big mm-hmm. enough to where like if I overlap the payload, I can like rock both like. Oh yeah, barks especially as well. Yeah, yeah. Even not in that situation, and- they're just so fast. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was like, and they have good defense, so they're harder to kill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even even one turn where you can just like, hey, triple move my bikes and stop. Like if you have three of them, then that's your opponent needs to put four bodies on, which they might not be set up for. Uh, you, you stall them for one turn, and that can be the difference in getting into scoring range or not getting two points or one, um, which is which is big and other vehicles, too. Uh, I think maybe something unexplored or, or potentially useful would be body blocking with you know a large base and i don't know if we lost johnny or not but uh no, i want to ask him about that because he does use atrts okay you still got your audio good 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 do you have you made much use because you're rocking it with atrts rather than bikes which can be pretty fast with that base and the speed to move um do you ever find that like you can kind of wall things off with those ATRTs and make it, you know, if you get to their bite, their um, cart quickly, that they, then they have to go around you to get into contesting range or, or something like that. Yeah. So I looked this up the other day when I was, it was sort of prepping and it looks like bomb carts can move through any unit. Um, so they can move through mm-hmm. the ATRTs is my understanding, but that doesn't mean you can't sort of set it up to a point where the payload can't move the full way. They might just only be able to move, you know, half a distance or less. 
Um, so it's definitely something I've utilized in that capacity um, or with any other uh, big based vehicle. If you just put it in the way of them moving, losing, I don't know what it, one inch, two inches, three inches, trying to go around your your piece is uh, because you can't land on top of the, the base at the end of your movement. Um, is a pretty big determining factor uh, mm -hmm. and can win and lose you a game just by only being able to get to range two versus range one. It is a longstanding um, pillar of this podcast that an extra two inches goes a long way. <laughs> so we've, we've always said that we, we say that if we're talking about Legion. Um, it's a, it's a game of inches. So yeah, I was thinking more about troopers blocking troopers and stuff moving around, but that's a really good point oh, to make yeah. with the carts uh, as far as, yeah, it can go through, but it can't land on them because they can't be displaced. So that is, that is very spicy um, and, and makes a lot of sense to me. It, you mentioned displacement and I hadn't really thought about that. That's one thing you kind of have to pay attention to when you're moving your troops and paying attention to leave a spot for where you want the bomb cart to end up. Um, I find that mostly in turn one and turn two is when that ends up being the biggest issue, uh, but it's something to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And if you get really tricky, then you can use the bomb carts because it's portable cover. So I know I've... Uh, set it up where it's like, hey, maybe I move this unit out to take a shot and they're a bit vulnerable, but hey, after the bomb cart does its move, now it's in front of them and they're going to get heavy cover next turn, so I'm not too worried. Uh, maybe less important these days with kind of the ease of getting cover, but hey, there's still open boards out there, um, and I yeah, think that's a, a good thing to take advantage of. Still a tool in your tool belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's also just like I've seen a lot like opening open firing lanes, like lanes. So having that bomb cart as like a cover piece for that firing lane is very beneficial. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of boards that maybe have a lot of LOS sort of train or like big pieces and not a lot of scatter. So a mobile scatter, not not bad. Mm -hmm. um, other than vehicles, other than vehicles, what kind of units are we looking at for for taking payload? The thing that comes to mind for me is aggro kind of. Units that want to be in a scrum, because if the bomb carts are going to cross and you're not toilet bowling, there's going to be a scrum, and people who who like that are going to excel. If your Wookiees are walking up with your bomb cart and then they can just, hey, look, we're in range two of each other now because we have to be, kaboom, or someone like a Yoda um, who, who can just pull this or not pull the strings but like guidance disengage move all around luke i loved luke on bomb cart for that reason he's a he's a big kind of getting the scrum guy the last of the list maybe not so much but now like let's say like let's say you bring a wookie army mm -hmm. the thing i'd be worried about that is like the low activation count um that i would i would dare to say that like if you're having a low activation list I probably want to bring payload, but if it's like a mid activation list, like a nine or like a 10, then, then like I'd be a little bit more comfortable bringing payload. But, but to get to nine or 10, they've got some weaker stuff, right? That's probably not going to be on the payload itself. I would think, right? Like if it's a 10 act empire list with maybe two snipers and you've got an eight act, you know, Kashyyyk defenders list. You both kind of have eight activations that are going to get onto uh, bomb carts. 
And even if you don't, you're going to be able to do things effectively. You're going to be able to really chip into their activation count once you close. Oh, I'm thinking like a 10 act like fleet trooper list. Oh, who runs that these days? This is, that's madness. No one, I shouldn't even say these days. No one's ever run that. That's crazy. That's, that's fleet troopers are just called uh, the bad version of BSEs. Black Sun Enforcers are just veteran fleets in every way. But I think, Mm -hmm. I think Black, Black Suns like it, but they're not sitting in 10 act lists usually. But you never know. Yeah, it's like eight, eight, maybe nine act list for them. But if it's the if it's spanned, yeah, they, they have a lot of bodies. Like, um, <laughs> so that helps them a lot. They have a lot of bodies, and they, they can, can take a hit, which is important. The, yeah, well, and they can delete a unit pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and and if you have yeah, to cross, if, if, if you, it's like you're low in activation, you no. you have to. Yeah, you can't really range control uh, against the, you know, they only have range two. You can't really range control against it, because if you stay back too far, then your payload's just not moving, so. And it becomes a battle of attrition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not a range control, like, objective at all. Like, gun lines and range, like, that's out the the door right there. Yeah, exactly. Those ones... They can still play it, but it's they're probably not going to want to have it in their deck. Um, deployments, I think you can be fairly versatile. Those kind of lists, you're probably going to have the long edge deployments like, um, you know, your battle lines, your danger close, hemmed in, something like that. But, you know, if you had a short edge deployment, it might not be the worst thing, because if you picture something like Long March, it constricts the field and it just makes it even more certain that there's going to be a scrum somewhere. And But you're, you're probably not running both in the same deck, more because of lists um, than anything. And if you're playing Disarray, if we want to highlight one specific one, you know, these payload decks might often have Disarray if you're, you know, like a speed or heavy list or something uh it's quite possible that you should just not worry about ever moving the cart like there are times legitimately when in that situation because they can put the objective so far away you just look at it and say no no one can score this game unless you like use every or maybe it's just like no one can score if their cart stops at least once so i just have to win on kill points and stop their cart once and also try not to play it as hemmed in red if you can help it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, please. if I've got hey, hemmed hey, in, in my so, deck... Sometimes you have to. It, I was going to say, if I've got hemmed in in but my deck, a lot of times... <clears throat> if you're running your deck. Uh, yeah, if I've got hemmed in in my deck, a lot of times payload is a high priority that I'll throw it in there. Because it um, it forces it, it it allows you as the person controlling it to force the person off of one of those two. Um, it gives you a little bit more control over what's happening, and and you can gives you a little more foresight into they definitely don't want to play these two, so you can um, manipulate around your your vetoing strategy a little bit more. Yeah, it can That's really true. create That's some like tough choices. Can... Yeah. 
like how we talked about like with conditions and how utilizing conditions as like mm -hmm. um, benefits to you um <clears throat> it's like a free band that or like it's a used band that your opponent will use so it's it's more you can get a more like a battle condition that you want yeah, and I mean, often, again, these kind of lists, you might have bombing run breakthrough. So if you come up against a gun line in other situations, they might say, oh, I just don't want to play bombing run breakthrough. But now you're adding another objective in where depending if you can get on the deployment, it's like, well, if I ban here or ban here, oh, 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 oh no. And it yeah, it just can fry your brain sometimes. Oh, man. If it comes up just right. I'm, I'm being convinced to add this to my deck. <laughs> I I'm still a, I'm a coward. Like it's something like worlds. If if you just get screwed once by it, that's once too it's many. That's true. But LVO, you can take a loss. So I get it. I get it. I I don't know. I just wish they would revert it. It was such a good objective before, um, and now it's just a little. I don't know. I still think it's a little too random. It's dangerous. It's really, so it's really risky, which yeah. I think running a risky objective is tough. Like you can run a risky list for a risky unit, but like when it's a, an objective, a win condition, that's where. Maybe if I had bounty or something or like secret mission to kind of offset that. Yeah. Maybe. Eh, maybe. You're a better man than us, Johnny. You're a better man than us. Yeah. That's the long and short of it. <laughs> um, shall we move on now to something much more bland? Rollout? <laughs> the... This is my notes for Freddy. This is my notes. Yeah. Okay. It's long march, but better for vehicles. Okay, that's it. Next. I think the main, the main thing is it has some extra text about vehicles. Eh, that's nice. But you're not bringing it because of that, almost certainly. It's true, um, yeah. I run rollout in a bajillion lists without vehicles, and it's not always the right move in a list with vehicles, especially depending what your vehicles are. If it's speeder bikes, they care about way more things than getting deployed forwards a little bit. If it's an AAT, okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty nice. Um... You can start. It's 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 kind of like better long march in a sense that you can kind of start closer to people, but also have your objectives a little further if you're trying to play like defensively. It's kind of like a um, major offensive. Yeah, it's but it's just it's just kind of a it's whatever. It's another short edge to short edge deployment where you start relatively far apart. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so Johnny, do you have rollout in your list? With with triple ATRT, it's not bad. If you can get a shield shield of ATRTs in in front of you with the LOS blocking cylinders, now that's, that's a nice. decent use of uh, of the extra deployment. We did some trigonometry. What was it last uh, last episode to figure out the starting distance apart on major offensive. I guess we could do that here, but it's, I don't know. About range four-ish from corner to corner. Eh, you can, we'll leave that for the viewers at home to do the math. Yeah. Oh, and we've lost Johnny for people not, we've for people Johnny. who are audio only. 
that's why we're we're stalling here. So we'll see if he rejoins. Um, we can talk bad about him, or we can move on to to rapid reinforcements. Yeah, yeah. There's not much to say for rollout. So yeah, don't bring it if you're speeders. Pretty much good for gun lines and long range. If you're going to bring long march, you're probably bringing uh, rollout. If you wouldn't bring long march, you're probably not bringing rollout. They're kind of very similar. Okay, Johnny will be back in just a moment. So perhaps we'll we'll go to uh, commercial, then and, and we'll, we can be right back when he comes. Bye, stuff. Bombad generals are back from commercial break. Johnny, welcome back. Sorry about those technical difficulties. Um, but we're going to finish our discussion, continue on to the last battle deck we're, dis- we're talking about, which is rapid reinforcements, the condition. Mm-hmm. I hate I hate this condition. I'm just okay. Gonna- I, the, big, the big question for me, so around this time last year, no one would take it unless you had Dark Troopers, in which case 100% you take it. Because which I think you, it's still can- the case. That was my question. Yeah. Is that still the case? Or with the decline of Dark Troopers, do you ever put this in your, your deck? Even if you got, like, FDs or, like, some really aggro stuff, you're not putting, you're not putting Rapid? <clears throat> so for me, as a clone player, no. Because there's, no, mm-hmm. there's no need for me to take it. Um, maybe I would take it for Wookiees, but even then... I don't want to run the risk of like dark troopers. Like it's it's mm-hmm. pretty risky to take it, in my opinion. I don't like surprises. I don't like things hitting me in the rear when I'm not ready for it. Um, again, talking about Legion. So, like that's even if if you're like a Wookie list, putting two Wookies. If you have six of them, putting two of them in Rapid doesn't really like help the survivability of the army because they'll still have stuff to shoot at probably True. and now you just have maybe more angles to worry about i don't know i think it's it's just my natural um what's the term for it it's like uh risk avoidance um where it i'm always worried about what other people will do to me on rapid less than i'm excited by all the weird things i can do to other people on rapid yeah i agree with that it's i think it's well at least i don't play lists where i have units that i would even really consider rapid reinforcing um you know again that's wookies magna guards are kind of scary when they get to range two of you right away um yeah but i maybe there i haven't played enough fd lists lately um where it would be something that because it's always a consideration and you can put it out there but uh, playing rebels like I am right now, the lack of order mm-hmm. control is pretty scary. Because uh, if like you pull your FD turret first and you've got that one, you know, set aside or both of them set aside, if you're running two, that means it has to go down right then, uh, and you don't have any control over that. I think that's fine with FDs specifically, though, because they're going to deploy. Mostly, it's just to give you a little bit more deployment, like kind of scout yeah. plus infiltrate. But for anything close, even dark troopers, you don't want to. Yeah, you want the order enough order control that you pull them late mm-hmm. um, rather than early. Like, yeah, you don't want to. 
you don't want to pull fleets and then and then put them out aggressively at least. If you're not doing aggressive stuff, you can kind of get them up the board, but then like the reward isn't that great. I don't know. Again, it's just more angles that I have to worry about. I don't like. And if you're playing FDs, especially, um, you know, unless it's like four FD, uh, what's the battle force called? Hoth defenders, echo base. base, base, That's it. Um, if you have four, then maybe just because it's really hard to fit four in your deployment zone. But if you've just got like two, you're probably running a list where you kind of want a bit of range control, in which case you really don't want rapid because rapid just bypasses range control. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the use case for this these days, I just, I don't know. I think it's basically dark troopers and something else if you're feeling spicy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't played, uh, uh, not what's the one uh ewoks um mm-hmm. trying to think of the battle force um i haven't bright tree um i haven't played that but with 13 acts i mean that could be something that's that might be worth looking into but again i'm i'm a little too scared of the dark trooper just because if you come up with a list against them then it's like i was talking about on payload uh it, it forces you into not letting them get that yeah yeah. Otherwise, you 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 just lose. <laughs> you yeah, just basically. lose. Yeah. Um, especially if you're rebels with white saves, because mm-hmm. for those unaware, one of the reasons dark troopers love it so much is not only because they can get hella close to you, uh, but because they have two activation tokens. So instead of not activating the first turn, they still get one activation, so they can still uh, rapid in just outside range two, and then walk up, boom, shaboom with a whole blast and whatever it is, 10 dice and ruin your day uh, really badly. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. The last time I think I played with rapid on darks where someone actually let me have it. I think the game was over start midway through turn two concession. I don't think we even got to the end. It's just, it's a bad time to be on the receiving end. You can't put the cool stuff in. You can't put in operatives. You can't put in commanders. So you can't, I don't know, do any crazy stuff like... Yeah, yeah. you can't do that. You can't use it to get secret mission. Um, If For whatever reason, if you do end up playing it, it's just, again, you've got to be very careful to not kind of isolate a unit. That's definitely a time you don't want to be like, hey, this VAP, I'm going to put it way over here and put one unit guarding it. Because then whatever they rapid, boom, right there on the objective, uh, messing you up. There is actually a small use case, like if, you, if you're if you playing clones, I don't think it's enough to take it in your deck, but if you're playing uh, like a clone list, you can set up some funky fire supports. It's not great, but it's a thing you can do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not going to make me say, hey, I want rapid reinforcements. Yeah. Um- one thing, if you do end up playing it and it's not against Dark Troopers for some reason, um, the opposite of what you said, don't isolate a unit. Uh, if you can like force them into isolating a unit in a corner, um, you have to be a little bit careful with it. But if you can get them to set one of their units there, all of a sudden that unit's isolated and you can just go, uh, you know, take that one out in a couple in a turn or something like that. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's something a little bit of a strategy to force somebody maybe into doing that. Um, something to think about. Yeah. 
I guess the other thing too, if you want to zone people out, um, is because they have to deploy beyond range two of the enemies, that includes everyone in the unit. So you can use cohesion to your advantage if you really need to. Like, let's say you've got a naked squad on the side of your army, you can kind of push them out a little bit further and cohere wide to really push them back. Hopefully they drop and you're getting activation to run away. And now instead of being very close to your army, they're maybe just a little bit further uh, than they would have otherwise been. It doesn't necessarily make a huge difference, but it sometimes it's the difference between, hey, they get to they get to wrap it right behind a building or, okay, they have to be a bit behind, bit further away and I can get an angle and, and shoot them. So you can use cohesion to your advantage on that. But yeah, if you want to keep it simple, just just don't play it unless you have Dark Troopers, and then you won't ever have to play it. <laughs> that is definitely the recommendation right now. Yeah, people are still using Dark Troopers. They're not as common, but you know, Finn was just going far with them um, in Denmark. I think I've seen people online talking about trying out some different uh, Dark Trooper and lists. Finn- I think they're getting some new life with Inquisitors. People are trying Inquisitors with mm-hmm. them. Finn is officially the 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 top player elo wise now. So, if you don't know who Finn is, ah, uh, yeah, he's a he's a some German guy. I think <laughs> he's all right. Yeah, Lee, Last time I played a tournament with Finn, he he dropped before top eight because uh, he was too scared to play me. Is what I tell myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, he threw out day one and then said, ah, oh, never mind, I'm good, and then. The person who replaced him, I did end up playing in round one. So I know your, I know your tricks, Finn. Trying to hang on to that Elo rating and not suffer a bad defeat. And we've had him on this podcast, I believe. It was the uh, Empire tier list back in September, I want to say, late August. Maybe I can't um, remember. So good Empire player, good good player, just generally <laughs> great player. Um, period. Yeah, as we see, sidetrack. That's just to say. Darks still exist, and you may come across them. And it's a lot easier for them to get rapid when they are red player using your deck. <laughs> this is true. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. That's all I have to say about rapid and, and all these things. Um, John, do you have anything you want to say about these or life legion in general? Any words of wisdom? You're, our, you're the old man on the team. We look to you for all things <laughs> life wisdom. Uh, I don't have anything. I don't know when this is going to come out. So uh, if I see you at uh, LVO, I'll be happy to say hi. And um, always love meeting people there and hopefully having some good games uh, from my standpoint. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. I, I look forward to, to seeing everybody at LVO. And uh, thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. Real quick before we end it, this is yeah. this coming oh. out after after LVO. Like, oh, it's coming out after. What's your what's your what's your predictions for LVO? Oh, I don't know. We just looked at the. It it looks like it's a fairly big balance of uh what, what was a split between Gar and um, Empire uh, for the yeah, largest two factions. Uh, Rebels coming in second. This is tough. I haven't been paying attention to the big Legion. Um, the big legion uh, games too much other than listening to some podcasts here and there um that's a lot of separatists would be my first um inclination i'm a little 
you know, interested to see what comes out of that. I think they're kind of in a tougher spot right now. Um, and then I don't know. That's a lot of Empire, I think, for for what's been being seen lately. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, if there's a lot of uh, vehicles armor in that, I'm going to be pretty happy because uh, I took three ATSTs and I think that should be a good ATRTs, right? ATRTs, yeah. yeah. Three ATSTs in a Rebel list would have been impressive too. Um, yeah. So uh, or just the bounty hunters. Um, Facing, I, I played a practice game against Matt here the other day, and he had Bosk, and Bosk, uh, with it turns out, is pretty good still. Um, does work. Yeah, does lots work. of crits coming out of there. Um, I don't know. I it, I don't really know what to expect. I'm seven mercenaries. I think is quite a bit more uh, than what we've seen at some tournaments. So that'll be interesting to see what those lists look like. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I just don't really know what to expect. I was kind of going into this wavering quite a bit on my list choices, and finally just decided I wanted to take Ahsoka, and then started building out around that. I think, I think, um, obviously, Yoda Arcs has been a, a big player in some recent tournaments, and and uh, getting a lot of hype, and just kind of tanky Republic in general. I'm really excited to see. I feel like this is a tournament where people are going to get experimental and really try some stuff kind of before Worlds. Because I think for a lot of North American players, this is this is their time to to really try something new and, and test, stress test it in a competitive environment before Worlds. And I definitely agree with you, Johnny. Like, I don't know what the Empire players are going to bring. I have some guesses. I mean... I've, I'm play, I, I tried a Bosk list in Empire the other day, but I think that's where we're going to see some very creative things because they have a lot of good pieces. It's just finding the right mix that's a little tricky. Republic, I think it's going to be kind of the same stuff. Tanky Yoda lists, tanky Anakin lists, a few Kashyyyk Wookiee spams, you know, you know the deal. Yep, I think that's going to be the majority of those. Now, what do we want? What What do you guys want to win LVO other than Johnny? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I I don't. I want Yoda to do really bad so everyone comes to realization that like, oh, maybe he's not as good. We shouldn't. We shouldn't run Yoda. That's fair. Don't we're don't That's run fair. Yoda for worlds. I'll, I'll put all my mental capacity into just the Yoda games. <laughs> I would, I would say maybe the opposite. If Yoda can do really well then they'll get even more people on the bandwagon and make a counter meta play even more of an option at Worlds. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. I just say this is a Yoda player, so I'm like, everyone... Yeah, you're a different Yoda player. You're fine. You're fine. I'm a fun Yoda player, so... Okay. Okay. (laughs) What do you mean, okay? No, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. At the end of the day, this podcast is so we can talk to our friends. So, always happy to do that. Good luck, LVO. Good luck. Always be rolling dice and always be staying Gungan. This has been the Bomb Bad Generals. Listening to Bob Band Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, misfigures, game losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bomb Bad Generals is right for you.